Welcome to I Hear Design, an Interiors and Sources podcast series. My name is Adrienne Thompson, the host for today's episode, as well as Associate Editor for Interiors and Sources. So it's well known that coronavirus has really shifted our perception of normal from the way we work, commute, dine out, go to school, shop, and so much more. The restaurant industry in particular, for example, has seen a wide range of restrictions along with new protocols and procedures to keep everyone safe and healthy. In many places, these restrictions are now starting to be lifted and public spaces are being deemed safe in certain locations. However, there's a lot of consumers out there who have less money than before, as well as less confidence to go dine out. So to help aid a smooth transition to a new normal, design experts in the interior industry are exploring creative design concepts to really entice the eventual return of customers with fun, whimsical spaces. So to further discuss the future of restaurant design with me for today's episode, we have two guests joining us, including Michael Lawless, who is project manager of Wilson Associates Blue Plate Studio, as well as Kaiko Matsumoto, who is the design director of F&B at Wilson Associates. Michael and Keiko, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Adrian. A pleasure to be here. Yeah. Hi, Adrian. Hello. Thank you for joining me. So just to get us started, started with today's conversation, let's talk about how updated restaurants and bars are just trying to help patrons feel happy and comforted. So to get us started, what are the new design concepts that you two think designers are really going to have to start incorporating more into future restaurant projects? Michael, I'd love to hear your opinion if you want to get started. Sure. Um, So thanks, Adrian, for the question. I think really from my perspective, I see it as being almost a two, two tier approach to, to how we're going to redesign restaurants. And the reason I say that is I think the first tier is, is the immediate to the short term, which is going to be kind of how do we get existing restaurants back on their feet? And how do we make these spaces welcoming and comfortable and safe for patrons to want to come back? and dine at them. And then I think the second tier that we really need to start looking at in sort of the the longer term is going to be future restaurant design. What are we actually, when we're getting a project now that we're starting from scratch and we're in really at that stage of post-pandemic world, what is it that customers are going to really care about? And what is going to allow them to feel safe and to want them to, to dine out and to spend their money as you say people at the moment are really feeling the pinch of the the economic crisis brought about by the pandemic and there's going to have to be a very enticing proposition from our F&B spaces to allow that to happen so I think in the in the first tier it's really um, as we look to to help uh, um, come up with sort of easily implemented solutions for existing restaurants. I think a lot of that is going to be an emphasis on outdoor dining. Um, social distancing is just going to have, to have to be a reality for a lot of these restaurants. But if you're having a socially distanced dining room, you're lo- losing 50% of your covers. And as we know in the restaurant industry, every single seat is translates directly into dollars on the bottom line. So if you lose 50% of your covers, you're losing close to 50% of your revenue. So we really need to to allow, we need to look at it from sort of an urban planning perspective and push our elected officials to allow restaurants to open up to the streetscape and to sort of redefine how our streets are used in order to create outdoor dining spaces that can allow these restaurants to maintain 
um, sort of revenues that will allow them to survive in the short term. And then as we get into the longer term and the sort of that second tier, I think we're going to see more of a radical change in, in contactless uh, moments, sort of moments of reassurance, such as um, using motion sensors and foot sensors for, for doors to avoid con physical contact with door handles. Um, I think we're going to see built-in sanitation uh, solutions into our FF&E, such as um, hand sanitizers incorporated into table design, but also maybe um, cellular phone or like mobile phone uh, sanitizing stations built into tables as well. I think it's going to be sort of those little moments of, of reassurance that in the long term will we'll get uh, diners back into restaurants. You know, as someone who actually dined out this past weekend, I'm based here in Iowa and things in the past couple of weeks have slowly started to be lifted. You know, people are trying to go out and there was a large emphasis on dining out. And of course you walk in, like you said, you know, every other table is being seated. People are, are really taking these precautions with social distancing. So it's just interesting to see from a consumer base, but hear it from a design expert's perspective as well. Yeah, I mean, in, in New York, it's, it's New York State, I heard yesterday, has just allowed for the, um, the, open, the opening of outdoor dining institutions. That's outside of New York City. Um, and there's really been some interesting studies and interesting thought exercises that people have done to look at um, the possibilities for reclaiming some of the some traffic lanes, for example, in um, built up areas in Manhattan to use those lanes for um, sort of semi permanent outdoor dining structures, much like what you see in the streets of Europe and Paris, for example. And those those um, solutions are not just some of fair weather solutions, but they're year round. You can build in there's so much uh, great technology right now with outdoor heating solutions that you can really allow for people to dine outside um, all year round, really. Exactly. And, you know, I'm sure part of this dining outside, you know, one thing that's enjoyable about is, is kind of seeing the fresh air, the sun, the greenery that's around there. And I'm sure that can play into its own design concept as well. But I'd love to hear some more thoughts if Keiko, you want to chime in too. Um, what are some of those design concepts and changes that you've been seeing? Um. There's a lot of change. I think the concept change required to, you know, uh, meeting this like corona situation. But yes, the first like, you know, expanding the dining space to outdoor, I agree. And I mean, it's happening right now. And then, but like, it's not from also like from designer side, we need governmental support to, you know, organizing and pass to do those um, expansion for the restaurant to support their um, economy wise like side um, right. and then but uh, future uh, for the future design concept change I think it's more going to be uh, focusing on uh, grabbing the concept for all the restaurant and I am not sure that like you know if the client comes to me and then they really want drastic change by this corona situation uh, I am not sure um, because it's required drastic change in design for example I think a lot of people want to have a grab and go plus like show kitchen to be not in the back uh, connected to backup house it should be go to the front exposing from the street um, 
it's a lot of change and then this this might be requires like a lot of decision from the owner side as well mm-hmm. um so yeah it's a lot of change but i could think about it um you know, I the only thing I really avoid is just using um, just like glass sealed or plastic sealed to like dividing the, the seat between the you know rest. That that's really not aesthetically appealing. Um, I think the trend, easy trend, might come back is a booth seating with uh, I think full height panel between those uh, booths. Um, you know, like uh, the boost was like not uh, kind of like an out of trend in our uh, design field right now because it a it's required to occupy a lot of space, and b it just it just giving your old time American diner feel. So it was out of our trend, but I think it might come back to have an easy solution for the owner. Yeah, and I think I wouldn't be surprised if that is something that comes back. You know, it used to be seen as kind of this bulky thing, and a lot of restaurants are almost have this airy feel and open design concept. But I wouldn't be surprised if that's an element that comes back. Plus, there's so many great um, partitions and panels and all these different separation products out there that can create these divisions between people and also provide good acoustics, which, of course, is important in restaurant design, too. I agree. I totally agree with you. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of niche to like a lot of designer to involve or design those uh, details, the panels and acoustical stuff for, you know, use based on this corona situation. So is this a lot of creativity happening right now, I think. Which is good to hear, you know, because there will be a lot of change. So jump on it now, start incorporating these concepts. Um, and your guys' is- personal work what are you know maybe some projects or how have you seen this implemented in your own work Michael do you have any examples that you can think of yeah I think um it's it's something that due to the life cycle of an interior design hospitality interior design project it can be quite a challenge because in reality if we're starting a project now really it's not going to be built for another year year and a half if it was sort of, you know, if everything runs completely smoothly. Um, so we find that like, uh, while our clients are wanting to um, explore opportunities and certainly want us to consider the, the social distancing measures and the future of dining in a, in a sort of post-coronavirus world, it also is something that involves a lot of uncertainty. They don't necessarily know whether it's going to be necessary to, to have to socially distance all their tables for example, um, in a restaurant when their restaurant opens, say, in two years' time. So there's one project that I've been working on recently um, that is based in London. It's sort of an amalgamation of four F&B concepts into one space. Um, And it's been really interesting to work on because it's a a very fast-paced project. And the client has... uh, It was a client that was always wanting to renovate. And they just never had the, the downtime in their business to justify closing down their, their F&B space for as long as it would take to, to renovate it entirely. Mm-hmm. Well, now they've been forced to close it down and they had the capital on hand to be able to, to put in the effort to renovating it right now. Um, and the idea is that it should be open this year. So it's a very fast paced project, but 
we've been instructed by them as the operator that they would like us to create two scenarios for them. So we're providing them with a, with a, a floor plan that has the usual kind of uh, maximum optimum number of seats in the space. So I would say that would be sort of the non-socially distanced um, option. Mm -hmm. But then at the same time, we've been tasked with providing them with a socially distanced floor plan that doesn't drastically change. There, there are no sort of fixtures that have to be changed from the, the non-socially distanced one, but rather they have this, this uh, playbook that if, you know, say there's a second spike, that when the restaurant opens, say when the restaurant opens, it's, it's everything's fine and there's no need for social distancing. But then six months down the line, there's a second spike. They're able to call on this socially distanced plan and they don't have to go through the, you know, thinking like, well, would this work there? Do we want to put this table here or that chair there, etc.? They just have all of the information that they need in front of them to respond immediately and to completely just um, transform their restaurant into a socially distanced establishment. Um, so we definitely, it's been, it's been on the minds of our clients, but I think due to the life cycle of our projects, it's something that nobody can speak about with great certainty. So I think everybody's trying to look for these kind of uh, contingency arrangements that will allow for, um, for sort of either circumstance. Right. And I think we might be looking at, of course, you know, a trial and error situation, see what works just because nothing like this has happened before. Um, and so it's new, it's unexplored territory, but I think it's great to have an action plan like that going forward. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's ones rolled out just throughout the restaurant industry, just to give someone you know, owners and managers, a sense of peace. Okay, if this does happen again, what can we do going forward just to make the transition a lot smoother for everyone? Right, exactly. It's, uh, it's definitely, I think it's what we've all learned after sort of watching various governments around the world struggling in their response to the initial outbreaks is preparedness is key. And I think that that is across all industries. And certainly in the restaurant industry. I think if we, can, if we can be prepared for something like this in the future, then we stand a better chance of survival and success in our exactly. business. And I, I think also too, as you highlighted um, in this particular project, flexibility is key. It's gonna be key going forward. Being able to just you know, change your setup at a moment's notice is something that's important in any industry right now. So um, restaurants used to kind of have these concrete floor plans and now being able to change them, whether that's with flexible furniture, um, easy to move, you know, tables and chairs, booths, however that might look like, flexibility is definitely going to be important going forward. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Keiko, you know, from your personal experience, what is a project you can think of that just kind of incorporates some of these new concepts we're looking at or something we might not have chatted about yet? I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, what I'm working on right now is uh, the, all the projects are not Kelowna uh, situation related so far, so I'm not sure. But we did the um, we joined the really interesting competition as a team um, a week ago. Um, that was really interesting challenge because um, we do think about really extreme um, uh, the situation and then the design what we can involve to solve this Corona situation, right, Michael? It's yeah, it's, the yeah. 
I think, you, sorry, you cut out slightly there, Keiko, but you're talking about the, the thought exercise that we did with the sort of conceptual restaurant. Yes, that, I mean, that, that extreme like, uh, conceptual restaurant was really, really fun. Uh, it was really utopic idea. We just, we just like uh, gave a bunch of like crazy <laughs> idea, extreme idea for the restaurant's uh, design. For example, like one of the, our teammates said, oh, can we use a rainfall to shield the, you know, have a separation between the customers uh, or like uh, the air separation, like which you can always see in the, uh, what is it, the bio company like you know it, it is really we did some e extreme idea going on with for the uh competition so yeah it was um just to add to what keiko's saying we the the sort of brief was very open-ended it was a blank canvas and just design the restaurant of the future essentially and um we i think similar to also what you were saying earlier keiko about the the importance of grab and go it was so the way that we approached this was kind of a um, grab and go, but sit down sort of mix in some way. So um, we identified moments where the spread of transmission could be, um, or the risk of transmission rather was particularly high. And all of those moments inevitably involve um, person to person contact, um, between particularly people outside of the dining party. So when you think who those would be in a restaurant, it is one other guests and two um, server staff. And the, um, we had a couple of solutions that we produced, but essentially because it was a blank canvas, we were imagining, okay, if we have this, we're building it from the ground up. Um, we formed this restaurant that was uh, a series of tables directly joined um uh, like directly up against a uh, a show kitchen so it was kind of like a, an island show kitchen and on three sides there were tables that had direct access to that show kitchen now the show kitchen and the tables are completely separated by glass but there were windows um between the kitchen from the kitchen to the tables mm -hmm. and the idea with that was the service staff would remain entirely within the show kitchen and they would be serving from within that kitchen serving through those windows out to the guests who are sitting at the tables and the guest access to those tables um was also through a system that was of kind of um of garage doors if you will that were all sort of surrounding each table it's I don't know if I'm doing a terribly good job of describing it, but essentially the point was to cut off as much person-to-person -person contact as possible while still allowing for um, a sort of social dining experience in the, in the company of other people, but as Keiko said, kind of separated with sort of different divider mechanisms such as um, water or air curtains that you see used in biotech labs. Right. No, no I think that makes sense. Yeah, it's ended up like a ramen restaurant in Japan, like simple counter from the, you know, the direct the connection from the show kitchen. It, it's really, really uh, exciting to see those solutions for me. Yeah, and I think, you know, even from a diner's perspective, you know, you're not having that hand-to-hand -hand contact, which might not be considered, you know, normal as what we think of when dining out. However, it could be entertaining to, you know, see the kitchen, see the servers working through these windows. Um, so also, you know, just a form of entertainment while dining out. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like the, the rise of the show kitchen, or the, the open kitchen over the last sort of what, 20 years or so. And it's, it's just taking that a little bit further. 
um, and ensuring its its viability in a sort of uh, world where coronavirus remains a risk. Yeah. Well, you know, going forward, it's going to be really interesting to see how some of these different layouts are going to be transcending, how the restaurant spaces are going to continue to um, change and what's going to be the new normal in general going forward. I don't think we know what that quite looks like yet, but um, through our conversation we've just had and the couple of examples you guys highlighted, I'm really interested to see where it's going going forward. Um, but Michael and Keiko, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me and kind of explain where you think the industry is going forward and also just highlighting some of your own work as well. Of course. Thank you, Adrian. Really appreciate you uh, chatting with us as well. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. Um, you can always learn more about Wilson Associates projects um, at wilsonassociates.com. Otherwise, you can feel free to tune in and listen to more podcasts on our I Hear Design series. Thank you for joining me, and we hope you tune in again for another episode. Thank you.